Well, greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Julie Holmes. Now, I first met Julie at the sadly COVID-curtailed Left Coast Crime down in San Diego in 2020, and uh, we were on a panel together, and I thought she was interesting and a nice person, and that's the kind of people I like to have on the show. So uh, here we are almost a year later, and I finally wrangled her onto the microphone. Uh, among other things uh, in her life, Julie has been an aircraft mechanic, uh, I think technician. I don't remember the words she uses exactly, but she worked on planes, which is pretty impressive because I struggled to work on a car. Uh, and she wrote a book called Murder in Plain Sight. And the protagonist is, guess what? Someone who works on planes. Uh, they say, write what you know. And she took that advice. And we're going to talk about that. But first, I do need to remind you that Wrong Place Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down Out Books. Down Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the grittier and darker end of the spectrum. If that's something you might enjoy. You can find out more at their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down Out Books, take the journey with us. And now let's discover a little bit about Julie Holmes. Well, hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Hey, Frank, I'm glad to be here. It's good talking to you again. Yeah, it's actually not the first time we met. We were on a panel together uh, at the uh, famously curtailed Left Coast Crime of 2020 down in San Diego. I was so disappointed when they canceled that. I was looking forward to it. It was my first uh, Left Coast Crime. Oh, really? Yeah, I, one day, but I sure I, I I had fun just that one day. Well, you got to be on a panel, and and I'm trying to remember who all was on that. I know my friend Colin Conway was the was the moderator, moderator. and there's you and I, and then and Cynthia. Cynthia, Kuhn. yeah, Cynthia Kuhn was on that, and I think Michael Poole was on that as well. Yeah, I don't remember. I, yeah, I, I think I, you're I right. Not, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. It seems like there's four of us plus Colin. It was a great panel. Yeah. I thought we had a, a really good turnout. There's a lot of people listening, some great questions from the crowd, and Colin did a, a super job. Um, I was disappointed that that was cut short as well for a couple of reasons. Uh, one was I was, I was supposed to moderate my first ever panel as a moderator the the following day. And I had some cool people on that panel as well. Bruce Robert Coffin was going to be on that panel and, and, and uh, TK Thorne and, and some others. Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that kind of sucked that missed opportunity. And then the same reason you probably were disappointed. It, it, it's such a great opportunity to, to mingle and, and talk yes. with, with your tribe, you know, basically. Yep. Yep. No, and I, I met a couple of, yeah, I, I met, some really interesting people. I was kind of surprised as uh, just talking to people in the break room, the quote unquote break room. I, I met a, uh, a woman who wrote the maintenance manuals for one of the aircraft manufacturers. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how you, 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 you fly from, I think you're in the Minneapolis area, right? Uh, yep, yep. You fly all the way to San Diego and you meet somebody who, who wrote the manuals for the planes you worked on, which, uh, which is an excellent segue because that was, you said people are interesting and you meet interesting people. Well, on that panel, I think one of the things that people found very interesting, I certainly did, uh, was, you know, your background as an aircraft mechanic, uh, that kind of 
you know, came out of left field. You write mystery novels and you used to be an aircraft mechanic. I mean, you don't hear that very often. I mean, I used to be a cop. Now I write mystery novels. People go, oh yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. But how, how do you get from writing uh, to writing mystery novels from uh, aircraft mechanic? Oh, wow. That was a long and winding road. Um, I started writing when I was in elementary school. Uh, we had a, a visiting author come and stay, you know, work with us for a week, maybe an hour a day, I think. And one of our assignments was we had to write a short story, like a one or two page story about rutabaga and rutabaga. And it's like, okay, so what do you you write about rutabaga? Not not everybody's favorite root. (laughs) (laughs) So, but whatever, and I don't even remember what I wrote, whatever I came up with, he, you know, of course with kids, you always say, oh, good job. But when he said, ah, good job, that kind of lit my, lit the writing fire. Um, I've been an avid reader forever, ever, ever. And when he said that, that kind of sparked everything writing after that. So I, I wrote my first book, quote unquote, book in elementary school. And my next one in through high school. That when, and when I went to college, I didn't initially go to college for aviation maintenance. I went for commercial flight. I was going for a degree in commercial flight. So you would be a pilot if you, yep. with that degree? Okay. Yep. I would have been a pilot, um, but it's insanely expensive unless you're in the military. You know, it's really expensive to fly and you have to have X number of hours. Plus you have to pay for the instructor. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I got to make more than five bucks an hour flipping burgers. So I went up to aviation maintenance school. And at the time, there was a waiting list for for all those schools that was right before Desert Storm. So all the airlines were hiring and people were retiring. So I went to the only school in Minnesota that didn't have a waiting list. And they went from our, our class was like 400 students. It was just insane. That is insane. So it was insane. Did it? Did did you get? Did you learn? You know, generally how to work on on planes, and then specialize in a particular. Um, I, I, I I'm going to screw this all up, but model, I guess, or or, you know, like I mean, a, a mechanic would learn how cars work, but they might focus on you know newer cars or classic cars or trucks or diesel or something like that. Am I anywhere in the ballpark? <laughs> <laughs> well, sort I, of. <laughs> just displaying my own ignorance here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's actually uh, AMP school or air, 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 AMP stands for airframe and power plant mechanic. And I know these days they call it aviation maintenance technicians. That's the new term. Um, but AMP school, we learned everything from um, f- repairing fabric covered wings and fabric covered aircraft which is way 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 back you know with the with the world war one mm-hmm. those old planes all had fabric coverings we learned that uh, all the way through um the newer uh hydraulic systems and the newer the newer engines so we i rebuilt a re- reciprocating engine i tested a turbine engine, uh, learned how to rig airplane wings and helicopter blades. So it's an all-encompassing area of study. So then what happens when you do get hired by whatever, whoever, 
then that's your opportunity if if you're in commercial like uh, I was I worked for a commuter airline so we had three models of airplane that we we had and I specialized in the on the de Havilland Dash 8 the 100 series which was the first Dash 8s to come out I have no idea what that is like how many seats would be on that that's uh 35 seats we had on ours 35 seat airplane twin uh, turboprop, high wing, T-tail. And there's a picture of it on the front of my book. Oh, okay. Well, that helps. This is a fascinating topic for some people. It's boring as dust to others. Uh, just, like, <laughs> just like any topic, right? Uh, how do you take something that, that maybe is interested to some segment of the, the reading population, but not to all of them, and then inject it into a mystery so that like everybody's interested in it? That's tricky. That's tricky. And that's one thing that I learned when I was writing it, writing this book, is that the old adage is write what you know. Well, I worked on Dash 8s for uh, four or five years. So I know Dash 8s. I don't know a lot of, I talked to somebody that's worked on them for 10 years, of course, and then I don't know a whole lot. But um, it's it's a struggle between wanting to prove that you know what you're doing and leaving out all the technical stuff that proves that you know what you're doing. So that does sound tricky. <laughs> so it's a balancing act. Uh-huh. How much, how much do you explain about um, inspecting an airplane that isn't going to put people to sleep or make them skip? That's so you put in just enough, but it's a balancing act. It 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 took me a couple of tries to pare everything down to the point where it was technically informative, but not so deep that people would set this book aside. So uh, specifically murder in a plain sight and plain, uh, a little bit of a play on words there. It's, uh, the airplane spelling for plane. Um, what, tell us about the book. Who's, who's the, the hero or heroine, uh, and what's the, what's the premise? Well, the, uh, protagonist is a female aircraft mechanic. Her name's Sierra Bauer. This is already sounding a little bit like an autobiography. <laughs> uh, no, she's a way better mechanic than I ever was. She she uh, she came to aviation maintenance via her. Uh, she used to help her grandfather with his auto me- mechanics stuff. So she helped him rebuild engines and and work on cars and trucks and stuff like that. And and she liked flying. So and her brother was a uh, Air Force pilot. So he kind of said, yeah, go ahead, go do it. Go into aviation maintenance. And she loves it. But she, her brother was killed in a plane accident. And because of how the FAA works, anybody who's touched the plane recently before it crashed is investigated. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning of the book, she's finally gotten through this FAA investigation that exonerated her from having anything to do with the accident. Um, but the other part of it is her, uh, she just got a notice that her ex-boyfriend who was tossed in jail from stalking and attempting uh, attempted murder was released and she has no idea where he's at. So she's kind of 
kind of wary about that. She goes to work. I have a pretty good idea where he's at. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she goes to work just like every day. She she does her engine run. She goes to the hangar and she starts, you know, does her inspection, finds a frozen dead body in her plane. Now, granted, I never found a dead body, but I know some pretty good places you could hide one on that plane. So uh, now that's the scary uh, part about everybody, right? When they, whatever their <laughs> area of expertise is, they could come up with some devious stuff. And when, when they come up with that devious stuff, you've got to give them a little bit of a look because yeah, I know you'd never do that, but you had to have thought <laughs> of it. Oh, I thought about, you know, every time, every, every time you run into that person, you always run into a person and you think, ah. Oh, it's illegal, but if I could, this is what I do with them. I kill them in my book, and I'd stuff them in the maintenance bay. Yeah, one of the T-shirts you see pretty frequently at, at writing conferences is uh, "Be nice to me, or I'll kill you" in one of my books. You know, on some T-shirt <laughs> or a coffee cup or something. So, uh, oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so she she ends up getting sucked into this um, murder investigation. So is it a spoiler to say who the victim is, or I don't think it is, right? It's it's not the boyfriend, so she's not a suspect. Well, it's not the boyfriend, but she is a suspect. Oh, that's even because better. because she. It turns out that she and the victim had a have a history, and so and it's not a very good history. And so the the, the detective, the airport police detective, that's on the case. Mm-hmm. starts finding these things that hint that maybe she she's not as innocent as she, he thought she was so the book is a uh, you know tr- trying to figure out if she's she did it she didn't do it who did it and uh, she ends up being a target for uh, she starts poking around and she ends up being a target and so it's it's a little bit of a cat and mouse thing too well, you touch on something else that makes your book a little bit different. Uh, obviously, you've got the the whole aviation setting, and that's that's not super common. Uh, but your police detective that's involved in this, uh, as you mentioned, is airport police, and that is a, a realm of policing that I don't think a, a lot of readers are necessarily uh, familiar with. I mean, I was a cop for twenty years, and you know, I wasn't super fam- familiar with the airport police, their mission, what they do, and so forth. And until we kind of started to liaise with the airport police there in, in my jurisdiction, and and it's a fascinating job, and it's a different sort of job than uh, traditional, like say, municipal policing, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Did you re- did you have uh you know since you worked on planes I'm I'm assuming you were at the airport quite a bit. Did you have uh any any contacts with the airport police that helped you with uh creating Quinn Moore's uh, character or did you just uh, wing it? Pun intended. I just I <laughs> yeah, I just I just winged it. I did uh research uh on police procedures and I, I don't know if you're familiar with Lee Laughlin. Of course, his, yeah. Writers uh, Academy. Yep, and, mm-hmm. yep, and his his book on police procedures. And I did some bunch of research. I actually have another um, book series that hasn't been published. That's a police procedural set in San Francisco. Oh. So I did a lot of a lot of research for that, and so I used I used a lot of that information. 
the interesting thing to me about about you know when you have to research police procedures and and I mean as someone who was a police officer I don't have to do as much research because I usually know the answer or better put an answer because nothing's written exactly in stone I mean uh, aside from some very basic stuff that everybody does a certain way because it's absolutely you know best practice uh, when you go from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, people do things differently. They have different requirements and so forth. And so when other writers reach out to me and say, hey, can you answer this police procedural question? What would happen if ABC, you know, what, da, da, da. My answer is always, well, it, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? Because, you know, you could get away with this and it wouldn't be ridiculous because I don't know the answer what the Minneapolis PD does or the San Francisco PD does. I don't even know what the Spokane PD does for sure right now because I haven't been there for six years. And and while there are definitely those tried and true, you know, crime scene protection and, and these other sort of investigative, you know, bulwarks, these foundations, you can kind of do what you want if it's reasonable and you know nobody can really call you on it because people do it different everywhere <laughs> yeah it's um a lot of I, I try not to get too deep into specific procedures because like you said it's different where you know everywhere and the thing is this book was was is set in 1993 oh wow yeah so there's quite a because that's when i was an aviation mechanic so i know I know what how things were done then, and I also know shortly after I left, they were changing how things were done, mm-hmm. um, becoming more. Um, that's when they introduced like tablets, kind of thing, as opposed to dragging along a ream of paper wherever you went to sign off sign off the airplane. So you know, being it was that long ago, even if I had found been able to, even if somebody had responded to me, I don't know how much of the procedures would have been the same. Right. Yeah. From way back then. I mean, that's, that's quite a ways mm-hmm. back. But you're writing what you know. I mean, uh, I, my River City series starts, uh, the first book is set in 1994 and the sixth one's only up to 2002. So I'm writing about outdated procedures a lot of the time in those books. And, and I think that's perfectly fine. I think it's actually kind of cool for people today. It's, you know, 20 years later uh, or more. And they get a sliver of what things were like during that time period. And, and uh, I think that's a good thing. Right. Murder in Plain Sight is the only book right now um, featuring Sierra Bauer. Um, is this going to be a standalone? Is this one that m- might morph into a series at some point? Where are things with that? Well, I, I am working on the second Sierra Bauer mystery. It's not going to be in Minneapolis. It will be at uh, involve, of course, it has to involve airplanes, and it does involve an airport, um, but it's set in a, a different location. You're being a little cagey now. I am. <laughs> I am. I, I I have to admit that um, I decided to set it at my old AMP school. Uh-huh. It's not involving the school directly, though, so I think I'm safe. But uh, it's her mentor, Sierra's mentor, dies unexpectedly. And oh. it turns out it's not only unexpectedly, but suspiciously. That's so a good she hook. gets, yeah, so she gets caught up uh, in trying to figure out uh, what happened to him. So when, when can people expect to see that? Is there a target? Uh, right now, 
there's no hard target. Um, I'm aiming to submit it to my agent by beginning of summer. This this last year with the with the everything that had that went on in 2020 with the pandemic, I some writers wrote up a storm. I was not one of those writers. I struggled quite a bit through that, through especially the beginning of the year when everything was shut down. And, uh, you know, so I dallied with some other stuff too, but I'm, I'm finally getting back into, into the writing groove. Well, so maybe 2022, we can see Sierra for book two, possibly. Yep. I think that would probably be a good target. Yep. Um, and I guess the last question I wanted to ask you though, um, you know, you're writing about something that not a lot of people are writing about, and that's really kind of cool, uh, because it exposes readers to stuff. They, you know, it's new. People always want something new, but they want it packaged the same as the old. So it's a tough gig sometimes, but what would, what, what would you say, uh, aside from your writing style and, and, and so forth, what would people learn uh, about, say, airports or airport mechanics or pilots or passengers or, you know, th- this world that you're writing in? What might somebody learn that maybe would surprise them or that they would have never thought of? Uh, probably the biggest thing is is knowing that all of the things that go on th- around the airplanes, um, there's traffic, vehicle traffic that has to share uh, space with airplanes and so the vehicles have their own their own road the airplanes have their own quote-unquote road um, there's uh, a lot of people that de-icing nowadays minneapolis had built built a whole de-icing pad but back back when the story takes place they actually drove trucks out with big sprayers to spray the de-ice fluid on planes um, but th- so there's there's ramp agents that do that mechanics do inspections out on the pl- on the uh, out on the uh, tarmac and uh, so there's there's a little bit of background you get a little bit you know doing inspections you walk around the airplane you write down the stuff that's wrong you sign off the stuff that's right um, so th- so there's just a little view behind the scenes at an airport I've had readers tell me I never realized that that's what went on. So, um, there's, there's a little bit there to learn. And I think that's something that, that readers generally like, they like to get a little inside information about whatever the, the backdrop of the mystery, you know, where, where it takes place. Um, and so people can get that, uh, if they pick up a murder in plain sight, uh, by Julie Holmes set in Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, learn a little about Sierra Bauer, a uh, female aircraft mechanic, and and just the whole setting there. Um, so, uh, hope hoping to see another Sierra Bauer uh, next year. It sounds like. And uh, Julie, I want to tell you thanks for coming on the show. It's been really nice to finally have you. Yeah, well, thank you very much for inviting me, Frank. It's good to talk to you again. Well, there you are, folks. Julie Holmes, a really interesting. Uh, sort of take on things. Uh, I always like that when people decide to take a slightly different uh, view of of the mystery world. I guess it's what an agent would call fresh. Um, so uh, thanks for coming on the show, Julie. Uh, next episode, we're going to talk to Lawrence Maddox. Larry is the author of The Down and Out, which is the second episode of A Grifter's Song here in season three. 
And uh, we're going to chat with him about that and his take on Sam and Rachel and what went into writing that episode. Uh, that's next episode on A Wrong Place, A Right Crime. Uh, Frank Zafiro news for you. Uh, all I've got for you this week, folks, is to say that the short story collection Sugar Got Low is out in the world now. If you like it in digital, you like it in paper, it's there for you. Uh, the reviews are starting to trickle in and uh, people seem to like it. And if you're the author and you hear that, that's always cool. I am working on the audio production right now, but I will talk more about that when uh, it's about to be released. I want to say thanks to Julie for coming on the show. Thank you to Down Out Books for sponsoring the show. And thank you, the listener, uh, for being here and for trying out new people. And uh, sometimes uh, there's this idea that, uh, hey, we want something fresh and, and different and a little uh, off the beaten path, which I think a protagonist who works on airplanes and 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 at an airport, uh, a mystery setting like that is a little bit fresh. Uh, but then when we get the fresh, we are like, oh, this isn't what I'm used to. I don't like it. And then people don't pay attention. So there's a little bit of a, of a paradox there. And, uh, I want to say thank you, uh, if you decide to, to check out some of these authors who are writing on the uh, fringes of, of the mainstream, uh, stylistically or, or their setting or, or whatever. I find it interesting. I, uh, it keeps mysteries fresh uh, to me as a reader. And I hope it does the same for you. But either way, Thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, please like, share, do all those things that help other people discover it. I will see you next week with Lawrence Maddox talking about the Down and Out, episode 14 of A Grifter Song. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to write crime. <laughs>